0: Alright, so this is going to hopefully be the first official podcast. I know I've done two more in the past, but both those were kind of a practice run for me more than anything. Uh, This episode, I'm driving. I'm going to see if that helps my concentration a little bit more, which I know kind of sounds like it would do the exact opposite. But I feel more natural being able to sit in my car, and I'm not going to drive the whole time, I'm just going to sit in my car here and there, go get some gas, but I think it'll be a little more comfortable for me than trying to walk around. Uh, The hard part is going to be trying to read off my notes. As I'm driving, luckily, I live in a small town, there ain't much traffic, so I'm not going to have to sit there and actually read, be able to skim across my notes. But, like I said, I just recorded an episode yesterday, uh, so this one will be another quick release, so... uh, I actually wrote down some notes, like I said I was going to yesterday. And we're going to be following. I'm going to be reading off those as I go along, so hopefully it will go a little bit smoother for me. today something down inside me is different woke up a little off today I can tell that something's wrong I'm a little thrown off today there's something going on inside me I'm a little bit off today a little bit off today. all right so if you have listened to the other two shitty episodes that I highly suggest not doing you'll know a little bit about me uh, I'm a minarchist it's all you really got to know. If you really want to know more about me, go back and read those other episodes. Uh, otherwise, just know I'm a minarchist. I'm not a f- total full-blown anarchist yet. I'm sure I'm well on my way. Every day, I f- am going more and more that that route. Uh, but this episode, I'm going to kind of talk about why I'm a minarchist and not a complete anarchist, and why I don't and what things I believe should be taken out of the state's control. I mean, like, everything should be taken out of the state's control, but what things, I guess, actually, what things should be in their control. Um, I have completely fallen off the libertarian train, and I'm running through the meadows of minarchy on my way to the fields of anarchy. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the NAP, the Non-Aggression Principle, and that is... More or less, do unto others as you want done unto you. Just don't aggress on people. It's it's common sense. Don't be a dickhead. Don't be an asshole. Don't fuck with anybody and expect not to get fucked with. And when someone does fuck with you, that's when you can stand up and fuck with them back, I guess. Uh, I'm kind of a hypocrite when it comes to some things. One of those is going to be the Second, and, Second Amendment. Yes, I believe any gun law is an infringement on your gun rights, but at the same time, I think there should be some regulations in place. I mean, it sucks to be a hypocrite in that sort of a sense because I believe there should be absolutely no gun law, but at the same time, I wouldn't be opposed to a minimum buying age of 17 or a if you have a violent criminal history, you lose that privilege of owning a gun. Or uh, if your known mental health isn't all that great, but I mean, even that's a touchy subject because fuck. They could claim me mentally incompetent and so many other people who aren't really mentally incompetent. In- people who are not mental are, for lack of a better term, who just have a trust or an estate set up, they can be considered, the way the laws are written now, they can be considered non-eligible to own a firearm due to their mental stability. And I think that's kind of bullshit. Um, there's other, th- other things, and I mean, I, I think you should be able to gain back your certain... You should be able to gain back your gun privileges to an extent. Uh, I mean, if you if you were 17 armed robbery on a gun or on a liquor store or something for some cash and you serve your time i think after a certain amount of time yeah right out of prison you should lose your gun rights and that's just my belief i mean like i said a lot of people are gonna not agree with me there because i'm kind of hypocritical in a sense but i think if you serve your time after a set amount of period you start to get your your rights back and i mean even if it's a stepped process say say five years after you served all your time you know what uh you you got no no other convictions or anything you, you're staying out of the spotlight you know what here's your long gun privileges back here's your rifle here's your shotgun yes we'll allow you to go to the range and go hunting um and then if if you can handle those another five years go by all right here here's your your ability to have a concealed carry permit uh that's that's something I believe in. I mean, a lot of people could live with that. It's a lot better than the fucking system is now. I mean, hell, you get a felony, which I am a felon to a point. I'm not a convicted felon, but I commit felonies every day. And fuck you, fed boys. I know someone in the government's listening to this because my first episode has a listen other than me. And the shit don't, word don't travel that fast. I mean, unless someone just happened to stumble across a new podcast and went, oh, this guy has one episode labeled the worst podcast ever. I'm gonna listen to it. I highly doubt that because it was within the first 24 hours I had to listen. I know it was goddamn feds. So you guys can suck my dick. Everybody commits felonies every day. Everybody breaks the law. I just openly said I do. And one of those is, Shit, Trump just signed that fucking bullshit stimulus bill into law, or however. I don't, I don't know how the legal system really works 100%. But I know Trump signed a paper, and Congress was like, "Yay," because he fucking signed it, which makes it a law, or however the fuck it works. I don't know. But in that is the copyright bullshit that says if you use copyrighted material for a profit, that is now a convictable felony. If you use copyrighted material in something, say a YouTube video, you get advertisement money for that YouTube video and they try you as a felon. You're found guilty. You can't own a gun anymore because you had something in a YouTube video that was nonviolent and didn't harm anybody. Oh, well, it harmed the maker because they lost money. Well, what if, what if I paid for it? For example, My intro music? That's Five Finger Death Punch. Uh, Fuck you if you're gonna hate on me for it, but I like them. I like a lot of shit. I like a little bit of everybody, but I know a lot of people hate on Five Finger. I don't know why. I mean, it's kind of like hating on Nickelback. I like a lot of Nickelback shit too. Whatever, hate me. I don't care. Um, Where the fuck was I just getting at with that now? Uh, Oh, the felony shit. My intro is Five Finger Death Punch. I paid for that album because I was I didn't want to try and find a spot to download it onto my phone for my intro music so i just bought the album had it instantly downloaded to my phone and now i use it but if i make a profit which i don't know how they define that because i paid eight dollars for the album i think nine dollars for that album and now technically i would have to make more than nine dollars on this podcast while using that same intro music the whole time to make a profit but i'm sure the court would see it otherwise other ways uh But if that does happen, that makes me, and they try me for it, I can't own a firearm anymore. And that is bullshit in my opinion. I think most of what the government does is bullshit or what they try and do, or just what their intent is on anything. I mean, even if they don't actively pursue something, them just passing a law is intent enough. And it's horseshit. Uh, I'm kind of, I do get really fired up about a lot of stuff Uh, One of them was over Christmas, my mom had asked me something about my taxes and if I was going to expect to pay in. And I I don't know what happened. Something in my brain, I was triggered, instantly triggered. And I said, I better not have to pay in. If I have to pay in, I'm going to go postal and the IRS is going to hear from me. And okay, uh, Fed's listening right now. I was not serious. That was a joke. Don't fucking swap me and kill everybody in my house. Please don't do that. I know what your rap sheet is and what your record is. More than likely, you are going to, because it's not hard to figure out who I am. I'm per booger, yeah, but the feds know who the fuck I am. It's not that hard. Everything's traceable back to my phone. Fuck, I'm going to you hook my personal bank account to this podcast if, in the cha- off chance, I actually make any sponsorship money. But, uh, so I freaked out. And, like, instantly, and she's like, oh, wow, okay, then. I guess I guess we're not going to bring up taxes around you anymore. Because I've been fucked the last three years in a row about paying into taxes. And it's absolutely bullshit. Like, I've even increased how much I put in this year and last year to specifically not have to pay in so I will get a cut, a check cut back to me at the end of the year. Which, yeah, all taxes are theft and it's uh, it's all extortion and all that. But, I mean... I I don't know, I'm more for a crowdfunded government and any step to not having a hundred percent pay our taxes without choice is a step in the right direction. So even if it started off as all right, uh ten percent of what you pay into taxes, you can pick where it goes to, I'd be okay with that as a start. That'd be awesome. Uh crowdfunded government, there is a website and a guy has been on the podcast for Biting the Bullet, I know for sure, and I believe a couple others. Maybe Matt was status quo, he might have been on there. Uh, But there's a website, go check it out if you don't know what Crowdfunded Government is or listen to these podcasts. I don't know if that guy has a podcast, I don't think so, but there's a ton of articles too. And the cool thing, ooh, my gaslight came on. The cool thing with Crowdfunded Government is taxes are optional and it's kind of like charity. If you believe something should exist, you pay money to that. And I'm even if it was, okay, everybody is required to pay X percent of their income to taxes, but you get to pick what it goes for, I would 100% be okay with that because it would be less bullshit that they pull now. Oh yeah, we're gonna steal your money, but you don't have a say in where it goes to, or even in general, the fact that we're gonna fucking steal it from you. Instead, let's say, okay, yeah, we're still gonna steal this money, but at least you get to decide where it goes to. I'm gonna pause this episode while. All right, just had to pump some gas. Place got busy real quick too. So uh, now that I had a cool down about uh, my ranting and raving about taxes and crowdfunding government and all that, uh, what I think the core or the uh, the federal government should be involved in, and when I say federal government, I'm using that as a really really loose term. I think the current federal government should be completely stripped down to nothing, at, like completely dis- dismember the entire federal government and start from scratch and basically go back to a true union. I mean, yeah, I, now we're kind of still considered a union of states that form the United States of America. But, I mean, strip the federal government completely out of everything, have all 50 states have... And this is the problem is... You start small, it's gonna grow over time and we're gonna be, after 100 years, we're gonna be in the same shithole system that we are now. But have like a representative almost, for lack of a better idea on how to do it. But you have all 50 states in this union and you agree on some simple shit that you won't aggress onto other people as long as they're following some basic sets of rules. And I've said in one of the other, I talked about in one of the other podcasts was uh, FOPA, the Firearm Owner Protection, Protection Act. And I still haven't completely looked into this to see what is all involved in it. But I know one of the things states specifically, I live in Wisconsin, I can legally own a firearm. Uh, I, basically there's, there's not much fucking rules in Wisconsin for private ownership of a firearm. Uh, I got my CCW, which the only thing you need in this state is a hunter safety certificate or equivalent, or some sort of concealed carry or concealed pistol training, uh, which a lot of a training from another state will most likely qualify you because hunter safety there's not a whole lot involved. But I have a permit, which basically gives me the right to conceal carry a pistol loaded loaded pistol. Uh, and there's some other things in there, longer knives than normal and tasers and stuff like that. Uh, But Wisconsin also is a state that uh, you don't have to have a long gun in a case as long as it's unloaded. Now, to fall under the Firearm Owner Protections Act, if I was traveling to another state who had the same lax laws as Wisconsin did, I don't know one off the top of my head, but say I'm gonna travel through Illinois and I'm, I'm going right through Chicago because I'm going somewhere to the east. The Firearm Owner Protections Act will cover my ass if I happen to get pulled over and for some reason they search my vehicle or I tell them I have weapons in the vehicle. Now, there's some stipulations to this. If I'm in a car, it has to be unloaded, cased, ammo out of the case, I believe, in the trunk and if I'm in another type of vehicle that doesn't have a trunk, it has to be unloaded, cased, ammo, I believe might actually have to be in a separate case of some sort. And that has to be, everything has to be out of reach from the driver. Well, I actually might even have to be out of reach from anybody. But so what this act is, is I can legally travel from state A to state B and pass right through Chicago where, fuck, I don't know what their laws are, but I imagine it's pretty much you're not allowed to have a gun. I, I figure it's kind of like California, New York, and most of those other bullshit big cities that have these bullshit laws. And I say bullshit a lot, so get used to it. I've been trying to work on it a little bit. Uh, there's certain things, because those first two podcasts I listened to, I, you when you listen to your own voice or even watch yourself on video, you catch certain things that you do that annoy yourself And one of those is I say bullshit a lot, I'll repeat myself, and that is a big thing for me, is repeating myself. It drives me fucking crazy that I do it. But I do it. And I'm trying to fix it. And the other one is I'll lead into stuff saying and, or um a lot, or saying or even, like I just did. The way I'm leading into this, I don't know what I'm gonna say yet, so I just say words until I figure out what I wanna say. And that fucking drives me nuts too. But I'm working on it, guys. Stay with me. Uh, Firearm Motor Protection Act is one of the things I think, as a union of states, they can agree on that says, hey, you know what? If someone's legally traveling from A to B, they're not breaking any laws. They can pass through this area that, even though it's illegal, will allow it because they're they're not they're not coming here to do something. Uh, some other ones would be, where the hell? I don't, have, I don't have them listed down. Well, shit. Okay, a court system. Now, not necessarily federal. Okay, you know what, let's, let's stay on task of the union, what that includes. One of them, one of the other things I really like is how this country has national parks, wildlife refuges, and wilderness lands and I'm sure there's a couple other terms that I'm not that I'm forgetting about but and I don't think there's really anybody who disagrees with that I mean I'm sure there are some people that go oh we shouldn't have a federal government everything should be privatized with people who are completely anti is it socialism or communism whatever one thinks everybody should own everything no one owns anything so there might be some people who disagree with that, but for the most part, I think everybody could agree with, yeah, we. Should, if we already have land that is listed as national parks, wilderness, wild, all that stuff that isn't being touched, I mean, yeah, you can hike on it, and there's certain rules, everything's a little different. Some, some places you can use motorized vehicles, most places you can't. Some places you can have bicycles, other places you're only allowed to walk. But I think everybody would be okay with leaving those lands complete wilderness or like national uh, national parks. I think it was Teddy Roosevelt that started the national park system and I think he started it with Yellowstone. I listen to the Meat Eater podcast a lot and a lot of their sub podcasts like Bent and Cal's Week in Review. I really like Cal's Week in Review. I listen to a lot of them guys, and I like them a lot. So a lot of my information comes from them, and I just assume it's right because I would think if you're a podcast, well, not even just a podcast, you're a company that big, you would be fact-checking a lot of your stuff before you say it, but I also might be screwing it up on my end. So keep in mind, anything I say might not be 100% accurate. Fact-check it yourself before you start going spewing shit because I'm real big on that. If I hear something, I'll question it. And I will, a lot of times, have to go and fact check things before I start saying them just to make sure I'm correct. So with the national parks thing, I, I mean, who doesn't, especially people who live in the city, like I don't live in the city. We got a fuck ton of woods. We got lakes, woods, rivers. We got snowmobile trails, four-wheeler trails, a ton of back roads. We, I live... much in the country and when I say country I don't mean like flyover states flatlands like a lot of people actually live in like it's hilly and wooded by me so it gets real boring when you're driving across well southern Wisconsin isn't so bad but northern Wisconsin like if you were driving to Duluth it's two hours away Duluth Minnesota Superior Wisconsin it's two hour drive from where I live it's kind of a shitty long ride because you're driving down the highway looking at trees on both sides of the road, going up and down hills, it, it, it's really sucky. I went down to, I went down the country a couple of years ago and we went through Minnesota cause I didn't want to fucking touch Illinois cause fuck Illinois with their gun laws and everything. Cause I was, I was packing the whole ride. I ain't stupid, I don't leave house without a gun. And call me paranoid, okay, but you're going to call me paranoid for keeping a fire extinguisher in my vehicle too? Because I do that too. Being prepared and paranoid to me are two different things. And I might be a little paranoid, but I'd rather be prepared and paranoid than not have any protections at all. So we went down, down country, and as soon as we hit Iowa, everything flattened right out and it, it might have even been in Minnesota somewhere but right around there it all flattened out and you could see for miles it was it was just a change of scenery so when I say country depending on the context I'm using it in when I say I live out in the country I live out in the sticks it's all woods it's not flat farmland like a lot of people across this country are used to so the people who do live in the cities even me i i want to take some vacations in the future and go visit national parks i want to go see yellowstone i want to go see i think it's mojave mojave desert there's a national park down there there's national parks all over this country and i i would love to go cross country on vacations and see all them that's kind of my game plan is to load up the kids dogs and wife and get a camper and just head out and start maybe we'll head west maybe head south i don't know we got We don't really have plans, we just know we're gonna do it someday. So I think if all the states could agree to say, hey, we're gonna keep all this land as is, even though it falls within certain states boundaries and we eliminated the federal government, we're gonna keep everything as is. And I think being part of the union will help solidify that. I am looking through my notes again, so stay with me. Uh, I talked about kind of court systems what is this guy in front of me doing? Huh. So I talked about, uh, I didn't talk about court systems. I talked about the federal system. Uh, one thing, though, I, would, uh, I think we would also need to keep is what keeps me a minarchist, not an anarchist, not necessarily federal, but just in general, a court system. And I, that's kind of one thing I'm surprised a lot of anarchists, and I, I don't know, I've never talked, I have not been able to have in-depth discussions with any anarchists, which is why I started this podcast, because I want to i want to know what you guys are thinking. So what is your thoughts on having a court system, maybe not the one we have now, because the one we have now is there's so much bullshit involved with it. There I go with the word bullshit again. There's so much bullshit involved with it that it's kind of a fucking joke, but I'm not, I'm not a fan of vigilante justice to a point, because what is keeping me from just saying someone did something? I mean, look, in this country now, we have so many people who are falsely accused of rape. Now, what if that gets converted to vigilante justice, where there's no court system, that has anything has to be proven, so now that person, if they don't like someone, they can just be like, he raped me. Well, a lot of anarchists, their dream is, Chomos, rapists, murders—they all get the death sentence right away. So if you got vigilante justice, and it's oh he raped me, well how is he supposed to prove himself that he didn't rape someone just because they they're saying that he did? So that's kind of—I think there should be some sort of a court system in place for keeping the innocent safe, Uh, and I kind of, I believe to a point that you're innocent until proven guilty unless I mean, it's kind of a shitty thing if someone's guilty or someone is guilty but you can't prove it because they're innocent at that point. You can't prove they're guilty. So it's it's you gotta take it with a bit of salt. Uh, Fuck me. I just had what I wanted to say. Oh, the death penalty. When Where I fall on the death penalty too is I I'm kind of middle of the spectrum. I'm a realist. I don't necessarily jive with what everybody says. So my view on the death penalty is yeah, I support it, but at the same time, I think just because you're found guilty of something doesn't mean you should get the death penalty. Look at every look at all these people who are spending 20 years of their life in prison for something and then they're found innocent. And some evidence comes across or the person who put them in said, oh, yeah, I lied about it. This person lost 20 years of their life. If the death penalty was a thing, they wouldn't have a life anymore, depending on what the crime was, because they would have been, been put to death over something that they were actually innocent for, and you can't, I mean, yeah, it's maybe, maybe they rather would have been put to death than spend 20 years of their life in prison, but I think we should reserve the death penalty for horrible things, like child molestation, rapists, murders, people who just want to torture living things, but keep it a optional thing. Don't make it mandatory. Say, hey, uh, so you rape this person, you have the option for death penalty, otherwise you're gonna spend the rest of your life in jail. And give them the choice, because a lot of guys, if, if yeah, it would make sense to, if they say, oh, put me to death, I don't want to spend the rest of my life in jail. Yeah, it makes sense to keep them in jail, make them suffer, but at the same time, well, fuck, that costs a lot of money. So it kind of weeds out the people who are guilty for sure and the people who are wrongly accused, but it also keeps the, the amount of money we have to spend on all these people down a little bit because if you got a ton of people who are like, well, fuck, I don't wanna spend the rest of my life in prison. I know I was guilty, I was found guilty. There was a ton of evidence that supported the fact that I was guilty. So there ain't no way in hell I will ever be found innocent and I don't want to spend the rest of my life in jail. Or say you were a chomo, and I—the way I—I I mean, everybody kind of gets the impression that rapists, child molesters, they get fucked up in prison. But listening to a lot of people talk, I don't know if that's really the case. Listening to Jay Flintlock over on—he's uh, Lever Actions for Liberty on Instagram, and he is the Flintlock Flack Flint. Holy shit, Flintlock faction is the name of his podcast. And he, the way he talks, chomos are kind of, they kind of got each other's backs. So I don't know if you have a prison filled with chomos, rapists, and murderers, I don't really know if they're gonna be getting all that fucked up. So it kind of sucks either way, but I don't think a lot of people are getting the punishment that people think they're getting when they get sent to prison. So, That's kind of my thoughts on that. I think basically, and now on the lighter sentences of things, I think if you're a nonviolent offender, why are you spending any time in jail? And I think basically it's not a crime if there's not a victim or a potential victim. And that's where a lot of people draw their line is, oh, it's a victimless crime, say speeding. Now it, it depends like a speed limit law yes to a point is a revenue generator and yes it's a victimless crime when it becomes a victim a a victim full crime or a victim crime is when you do injure someone because you were speeding but the way the law is written is speeding is a crime period so I think on, on that the whole thing of the victimless and victim crimes you should be able to do things as long as there's not a risk, or the risk is so low it's negligible. Uh, one of those is speeding along on a highway, for, for example, by me. There is a great stretch of highway. It's a little bit of uphill and a little bit of downhill, but I think it's it's got to be a two-mile stretch of highway that's straight and pretty flat, and you're not all that likely to encounter other people. I mean, it's a state highway, but it's not a super busy state highway. So 50-50 chance you're actually gonna see another vehicle while you're on the straight stretch. So why, if there's no other vehicles around, why shouldn't I be able to get my vehicle up and top it out? Say it hits 100, 110, whatever, it depends what I'm driving. Fuck, my truck, I might be lucky to break 100. It generally gets up to about 90 and I run out of motor just cause it's geared so low. But if you got a sports car that's capable of doing 150, why shouldn't you be allowed to do 150 on a rural stretch of highway when you pose zero risk to anybody else especially if there's no one else on the road but you get pulled over there's a cop sitting a mile up the road and he happens to catch a radar and gets gets a speed on you well you broke the law blah blah well why at what fault are you now that's the way i kind of generalize victim to victimless crimes uh, another one i mean it'd be a little different if you're doing it in town where you got a stretch of road that runs right through the middle of town. Now the risk goes up because now you got houses, you got people, There's, it, it's not rural at that point. You are in a suburb or town or city or whatever you want to call it. So your risk goes up if you do speed. So I don't think you, Then that's kind of where I draw the line on speed limits. I don't think you should be able to speed just because there's no speed speed limit or I don't think you should mm. be allowed to speed just simply because it's not a victimless crime because if you're in town and the speed limit's set at 25 or 35 it's for a reason it's because there's houses and people around and if you do, do go ripping through town at 60 miles an hour it doesn't take much for something to happen and it creates a victim or the chances of a victim dramatically increase. All right, so continuing on with uh, this is going to be the last point I touch on as far as victim and victimless crimes. Uh, and before I get more into the what I think the legal system could do, I I have heard I think it was it might have been Luke uh, from Biting the Bullet podcast. He talked about drunk driving being a victimless crime and. It shouldn't be a crime just to simply drink and drive, but as soon as you hit someone, now you injure someone, now you have a price to pay because it becomes a victim crime. And that was the impression I got while he was explaining it during the podcast. And that's why I feel like there are some laws that are victimless crimes when you do commit them, but they have a very high potential of becoming crimes that have a victim not even necessarily crime. I'm overusing the word crime. They become an act, which has a victim. So that's kind of why, where I feel with drunk driving, but now at the same time, where I live. Okay, so where I come from, drinking and driving is a very common thing. There's so many people that do it. And it's kind of funny because you would think if the whole goal of making drunk driving a crime is to try and curb it, stop it from happening. Why aren't police more active in preventing it? Why are they sitting a mile out of town, attempt trying to pull people over instead of sitting right right outside the bar waiting for people to get in their vehicle and stop them there? How, what would it take for a cop even just to stand outside the bar? You don't even have to be in a car. I mean, unless you want to be for your safety because shit does get squirrely sometimes and it does turn Western, but how hard would it be just to sit outside of a bar in your car, stand outside of a bar, whatever, just enjoy enjoying the environment and the scene depending where you are. I mean, fuck, I imagine some places are real shitty outside of bars, but if you live in a nice place where it's like where I am, it's real scenic outside you can stand outside of a bar and enjoy nature. But how hard would it be to, to sit outside that bar and see someone stumble out of they st- stumble out of the bar and then get into their car. All you gotta do is walk up. Hey, are you sure you should be driving right now? Because you came out of that bar pretty stumbly. Why aren't cops doing that now? Instead, they'll watch that person pull into traffic and start driving down the road, wait for them to swerve, cross the lines, not stop at a stop sign, and then they'll pull them over. Why aren't we being preactive on this? and stopping them before they even ever start the car. Say, cause even around here, we have ride share programs. If, yeah, be smart about it, have a DD lined up beforehand. Uh, but if you are the DD or your DD, happen, something happened and they had to leave, uh, so you lost your DD or something happened and they had one drunk, one drink and they ended up getting drugged or something cause that does happen too, you have one drink two drinks maybe, but someone slips something in your drink and you're fucking inebriated and can't fucking function. So if something happens, you lose your DD, all you gotta do is, uh, most of the bars in my town, you just tell them, hey, we need a ride home and they'll have or some sort of a rideshare program. And I don't know how it's funded. I think a lot of times the bars will pay into it or they'll take donations for it. And some of the times I'm sure, because it's through a taxi service, I'm sure the taxi kind of gives a discount on it where they only charge a bare minimum rate to get someone home so they don't have to drive home drunk. And that's something that cops could help out with. I mean, I'm not saying use the fucking cops for a taxi service by any means, but if they go, hey, I just watched you stumble out of this bar and get into a vehicle. I hope you ain't driving home. Why don't you go inside call a cab? Or, hey, do you got any money on you to call a cab? Oh, no? Well, here, you got someone else you can call. No? Okay, well here, we'll we'll go in and hook you up with this rideshare program. So that's kind of where I feel about the victimless crimes, but I, I can see why drunk driving is illegal. Because it does, it, it's intended to curb the number of drunk drivers out there and i'm sure it has but even though until you hit someone it's victimless the the risk and potential for a victim is so high they're trying to stop it before there is a victim so i i kind of see where that where where that comes from uh call me statist if you want but it's i mean yeah you can argue the point well that's what people are doing background checks this and that and but look at the facts how many people are how many vehicle accidents are there look at I and I wish I could pull them up right now in front of me and actually read these facts off but look at what the facts of the numbers for drunk driving incidents before they passed the law and the number of drunk driving incidents there was after they passed the law and I'm sure it dropped dramatically and it might even took a couple of years but I'm, I'm sure there you can visibly see where they enacted this law and oh if it saves one life it was worth it but you're not saving one life you're saving hundreds and thousands of lives maybe just thousands or maybe just hundreds every year but there's a risk and reward benefit so more on punishment for crimes say you are pulled over for drunk driving I don't think they should be able to rip you out of your car handcuff you throw you back in a squad car take you to jail book you and then fine you or jail you for that no that's bullshit write the guy a ticket tell him if the car if he drives you will pull him over well i mean he's already pulled over but if he drives any farther that he will be getting arrested instead just say hey you gotta figure shit out now, you decided to drive drunk, we caught you, figure your shit out. You are behind the wheel again, you're going to jail. Here's your ticket or here's, here's your court date or whatever, but then make it a, and the reason I, I think their tickets are a thing is to obviously, I mean, if it's, a, if it's illegal, what's the punishment? Otherwise it's just illegal if people are gonna do it anyway. So that's kind of what the tickets are for. Yeah, the revenue generators for the state, but instead of doing that, make it a community service thing. So instead of making someone pay for something that they might not even be able to afford, I mean, fuck, how many people are living paycheck to paycheck nowadays? Yeah, they fucked up, they decided to drive drunk, whatever, but if they can't afford to pay it, they can't afford to pay it. It's kind of shitty when you gotta start borrowing money from people or take a jail sentence just because you can't pay a fee that the state decided on. Instead, make them work out community service, do some fucking good for the area, make them walk, get a group, I'm, especially around here, there would be no shortage of people who break laws and instead of paying, having them just pay a dollar amount, you could have a fucking line of people walking down the highway, picking up garbage or doing some sort of good or community service and actually getting more value than just money and make it i mean kind of make it a tiered system yeah you get your one warning and if you continue to break the law then your punishment gets worse but i mean it depends what we're calling breaking the law i don't think smoking pot or buying weed or even even just possessing hard drugs should be a crime what are you hurting and some people argue i work with a guy and he doesn't agree with the legalization of even marijuana because he believes that it tears families apart and it's a gateway drug. I mean, it's his beliefs, whatever. I can't, it's hard to change someone's mind. He's kind of a Bible thumper. So he'll vote on a lot of things simply because of his beliefs in God. Like he's, he's against gay marriage simply because God's against gay marriage. He doesn't believe it should be a thing because it's not right in God's eyes. So he thinks that should be law. And I'm, a, I'm for separation of church and state. I mean, yeah, this country was kind of founded by Christians, whatever, but there's a, there is a thing such as separation of church and state. And that's for a reason. How many different kinds of religion do we have in this country? And how many people don't believe in a religion, period? Or even are not necessarily atheists, but they're just agnostic. They don't go to church, but they're not going to say, oh, there's no such thing as God. They just don't believe God is as prominent as he is, or as prominent as other people believe. It's kind of... That motherfucker's got a snowmobile running in the back of his truck. I'm not going to say I haven't done that, but it's a weird thing to see going down the road. So, I'm, and that's where the non-aggression principle comes in. If I'm smoking weed, I'm not aggressing on anybody. If fucking Joe Blow decides to go do some heroin in his basement, as long as he's not hurting anybody, now it's a completely separate issue. If you got a mom who's doing heroin while she has custody of her children, that is putting the kids' lives at, well, maybe not. Yeah, it could be, you could argue the point that it puts their lives at risk because ha- depending on the age of the kid, what would happen if anything happened to them? And fuck, if something happens to them under your watch, you could be liable even if you're stone sober. So there's there's lines that can be drawn. But as far as non-aggression, that's kind of where I'm at with drug laws. And it'd be arguable to, to selling hard drugs could be on the aggression principle, but if you're buying drugs, you know what you're doing. So you can't blame the seller. And, and you know what, okay, I'm gonna go back on what I just said about the hard drugs and selling would be arguable under the aggression principle. Because no one's going after fucking McDonald's for making people fat. No one's going after fucking other companies. Well, actually, you know, I can't even say that because there's fucking retards out there that are going after gun companies saying they should be liable for shootings. The fucking gun company didn't cause that. The gun itself didn't cause that. Someone else who had a fucked up mind caused that. Go after that person. Make them liable, not the fucking gun company. It's like on Joe Biden's campaign website, they said they drew out and there's a lot of, I, I know there's a ton of things you could fucking hammer Biden on that don't make sense, but one of them was gun gun companies aren't, are protected unlike any other manufacturer for the liability of their products. Now, what does he mean by that? Because if I get rear-ended by a Toyota and get whiplash, I can't sue Toyota for rear-ending me. It doesn't work like that. I can go after the driver, but I can't sue Toyota, which should be the same thing with a, a gun. Unless it's negligence that a company produces a product and it's known to be faulty, and would increase the risk of harming someone and they continue to distribute that product anyway and they're found out, yeah, hold them liable for that. Or it does happen, and that's that's what vehicle recalls are. If if there's something wrong with a vehicle and it's reported so many times, if the company doesn't attempt to fix it before the government gets involved, it becomes a recall. And yeah, you to a point, If we disband federal government i guess we could live without it but there i mean that's one of those things that is designed to protect people but you could argue the facts and say well if a company is going to knowingly do that no one should buy their product and they should go under because who wants to buy a product from from a manufacturer who would knowingly put you in harm's way but everybody still drives Fords, and look what they did with the pinto they were they knew the pinto had a great great risk of an explosion from a rear ending due to the location of the gas tank they knew about this and continued to pump the vehicle out production anyway and they were found out but there's so many people out there it's i fuck i drive a ford i still buy ford products it's so it's kind of an arguable point i mean yeah Maybe, maybe not. I don't know, because we're not there yet. It's not a thing. It's hard to say. You don't really know until you put it to the test. So to a point, maybe the government is good for some things, but I think we've just got to focus on limiting their power more than anything. So we'll worry about certain protections as they come about, and that's kind of where unions were, and the whole thing of being a monopoly There was, I was watching a television series called The Men Who Made America. And part of it was, there was was three companies that ran America. One was U.S. Steel. One was, uh, was it Rockford Oil? And the other was, uh, fuck, I forget. There's three companies. There's a steel company, an oil company, and maybe the other one was a railroad company. And J.P. Morgan was real big involved in everything and essentially what they had was they kind of had a monopoly on the entire country just from these three products and the government kind of went and said you know what you guys have too much power we're doing something about this and some good did come out of it by making laws that said oh you can't be a monopoly but i mean fuck, look at the system now there's if you look at Companies that are owned by other companies and other companies, it's not necessarily a complete monopoly, but it's fucking 99% of a monopoly. One company owns so much of America and this other company owns the rest of it. It's bullshit. I mean, one of those companies is Berkshire Hathaway. Warren fucking Buffett. He owns so much of America, it's not even funny. And even like if you look at food companies like Kraft and Nestle and Mars and all these other companies generally going up the food chain, no pun intended, going up the chain of ownership, they all come down to the same company that owns all those other companies. So it's arguable whether or not there really are or aren't monopolies to begin with. So what good is a law if it's not actually doing any good? I don't know. It's, I'm just kind of ranting and letting my mind go and shit. Let me know, I'm probably gonna start up some more uh, social medias. I did start a parlor and I think I deleted it because there was not really much going on. I think I'm gonna try float, F-L-O-T-E. I'm gonna maybe start up one of those, see what it's like. I might even start a Twitter because Twitter seems to be the only thing anybody is on anymore. I don't personally know anyone with a Twitter. Like I, I don't know fucking anybody with a Twitter account. But I might start one just because it's so mainstream that it will help the social media. Because all I got now is an Instagram. Tried to set up a Facebook, and they're, they're asking fucking IDs and phone numbers and shit. Fuck, I'm trying to make an alter ego account, bitch. I already got my personal account. So they're asking me to fucking scan a driver's license. You think I got a fucking driver's license with my picture that says Youper Booger on it? Suck my dick. So, whew, rant over. Uh, kind of going into more things I believe in. Uh, One of them is a big thing right now is masks. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, you can go as far as mask shaming. Do I think it's right? No, because people believe what they're going to believe. A lot of people believe, and I'm not saying, before I get into this, I'm not saying coronavirus is fake or it's not a thing because it does exist. I had it. It is a risk to a lot of people, but I think it's way over, it's way, it, people are making it way big of an issue than it needs to be. <clears throat> there is so much shit. What, okay, I'm, I'm getting off target with where I wanna go with. If a business wants you to wear a mask, it is, I, I, I don't know if this is countrywide, but I know in the state of Wisconsin, a business has the right to refuse service to anyone for any reason. Now, granted, there are some laws in there that protect discrimination, so I can't be—I can't just say I don't like black people. I don't think you should be in my business. <clears throat> that would fall under discriminatory. But I believe what I believe is, yeah, you know what? It's their business, their property. If if they don't like black people. They shouldn't have to serve them. Now, with that being said, don't think I'm a racist. I mean, everybody, to a point, everybody's a little racist, but I'm not a racist. I got black acquaintances. I can't say I got any black friends because really, I don't know when the last time I even saw a black person was. But that doesn't mean just because I, I believe a business should be able to not serve a black person doesn't mean I don't think we should be able to shame that business out of being a business. I mean, think about it. I mean, I I understand the Black Lives Matter movement, and I support the movement. I don't support the organization, but I do support their movement. And it's it's weird because around here I don't see the discrimination against black people because we just don't have many black people around here. So I don't see the discrimination, but I understand it exists and something needs to be done about it. So I do support the movement for Black Lives Matter. And that kind of goes on to... Uh, I mean, it's it's a private business. They should be able to refuse service to anyone for any reason. Why should you force them to service someone just because of any reason? Uh, So, and that kind of goes against or going with free speech. Yeah, I think a lot of people are saying, oh, well, it's illegal to fly a Nazi flag in Germany but it's okay to fly a confederate flag in the united states It's because we have the fucking constitution the first amendment is a freedom of speech right granted i see and now that's one of those other things i'm catching myself i'm saying granted but the constitution i believe in most of the protections that the constitution and the bill of rights gives even though i understand that most of that it's kind of a 50 50 system it's made to protect the people but It's also made to protect the government. So it's one of those things that I don't 100% agree with, but I do believe in a lot of the amendments of the Constitution. The first one, freedom of speech, I believe in that. I believe you should be able to say whatever you want and not have legal repercussions from it. Now, I'm not saying I think you should be able to walk up to a black person call him a nigger and not expect to get punched in the face because i definitely think you deserve that but it's I, I i don't think there should be any legal repercussions from it and is it right to do that to someone no but at the same time why should someone should be able to come up to me and insult me in some way I mean, yeah, legal, I mean, it, it kind of goes against the NAP. You're violating the NAP if you're going to go up to someone and insult them or call them a name or stereotype or something to that effect. And, yeah, you know what? You deserve to get popped in the mouth. But there should be no legal repercussions from it. Uh, it's kind of, and that's where people going with, oh, why are people still allowed to fly the Confederate flag? Because of that First Amendment. You know what? You can shit on them all you want for doing it. That's okay that's your First Amendment right is... You can say anything you want about anybody as long as it's not defamation, defamination. I forget what it's called, but a lot of celebrities sue for that, which is kind of bullshit to a point. I mean, if, if you're just making shit up to for a business to lose business, I don't think that's right, but in a way, it's kind of weird to say there should be any legal, legal repercussion from it with the First Amendment. So it's it, there's so much gray area to it. It's hard to get into. Um, If someone wanted to talk with me more about it, reach out, and we'll discuss it. So, before I was going with all that, a private business, if they want you to wear a mask, wear a fucking mask inside. Don't bitch and moan because they're asking you to put one on. Now, with that being said about private businesses requiring masks... I don't wear one unless I see a sign on the door, but I won't wear it if the sign says for legal reasons or something to that effect. Because to me that says they only have the sign on the door because they're gonna get shamed. So, and a lot of businesses didn't care at first, but like Michigan, because I I, I go to Michigan every day, I may not live in Michigan, but I right on the border, So I deal with Michigan every day. I work in Michigan. I drive to Michigan every single day or almost every single day so a lot of people did put signs up that said per governor's orders you are required to wear a mask in here. Uh, A lot of people do the same thing in Wisconsin too because at the time Evers did pass the executive order so if I saw that and they were saying oh well because because so-and-so said so and it's a law now we are putting the sign on the door. I didn't bother wearing one, uh, but now if they if there was a sign on the door that simply said please wear a mask while in here or to help stop the spread of this please wear your mask then yeah that the business owner feels corona is a threat and is it is a big deal or they're doing it to protect their customers. Either way, I, I'll respect that. I'll wear a mask inside your business, private business establishment. I don't have an issue with that. Uh, Walmart is one of those places that's weird because even though Michigan made it a quote-unquote law, they never put a sign up on the door. They had people standing by the doors, but they never had a sign up on the door, which tells me they, they don't care. They don't require it. And anytime I've ever been in there, no one said anything to me about wearing a mask. Uh, but now... On the outside of going away from private business, I think I—I I don't think the a government establishment should be required to make you wear one. Uh, I pay taxes. I didn't vote on that shit. Not that voting's going to do me any fucking good anyway. But it's not a private business. At that point, it's an infringement on my right. I think if you ask the founding fathers, said, hey. Uh, the year 2020, they made people wear these masks over their face because of a flu that went around. What do you think they'd do? They'd fucking laugh their asses off. Maybe you should have, but we think it's absolutely ridiculous that it was a law. So that's kind of the, what I'm gonna, where I'm going to go at with everything. Uh, one one thing I will say is I do also think we need someone to fund the roads. <laughs> now to a point, I'm not really joking with that because around here, when you got a rural area, I mean, fuck, there's, there's 30 miles between town A and town B here. Who's gonna who's gonna pay to have that road fixed up? Let me know. Uh, however, you want to get a hold of me. I'm Ruger. We'll figure something out. Shut up. Calm down. So uh, that's. Episode three, I think it went a lot better than the other two, so yeah, see you on the trail. Good morning Vietnam, oh shit, almost went into the ditch, alright, so it's the day after I recorded the episode that you just listened to, I just wanted to elaborate because I was running out of time and I was trying to hurry up and get some stuff done. I just want to elaborate on what I meant when I mentioned the roads at the very end there. And I'm not saying we need government to fund roads. But a lot of people are saying, oh, private businesses are going to fund roads. Look at Bass Pro Shops. They did it. Uh, but the reality is there's a lot of section of roads where they're, it it's not capable of being funded solely by business. And that's where I think a crowdfunded government is going to fall into place. and Again, I'm using the term government real loosely. I think more or less it's just crowdfunded entities more than anything. And I feel like it'd be hard to get people to voluntarily pay for certain things. I mean, we could always just set up toll booths everywhere. I mean, that's, I I don't know how it works down south. I know in Illinois, there's a handful of toll booths. We don't have any, fuck, I don't even know where the closest one is, might be in Chicago somewhere from here. but. I mean, you could always go that route, but it kind of sucks because you slow up traffic, it becomes a pain in the ass. And, yeah, I mean, you can get the fast pass, stuff like that, that lets you go just blow right by it. But it's, I mean, and maybe that's the way we got to do it in order to eliminate the government and the way they build the roads. And one of my complaints is, is they just did a local highway by me, and it's, it, the road is, I don't know, it might be a five mile long stretcher stretcher highway, and it wasn't all that bad. There was a couple of spots that did need to be fixed. They were just kind of rough, and it looked like it, the ground had settled underneath the road where it was built, and there were just a couple rough spots, but it wasn't by any means the whole road had to get done, and what pisses me off is they went and tore up the whole road, and when I say tore up, they took uh, some sort of a machine with chains on it, and it grooves the road. It's not like they took a dozer and actually tore up the whole road. But what they did is they they took that machine, grooved the whole road, and then they chip sealed the whole thing. Well, if anybody knows anything about chip seals, they're not all that great of a road. Uh, it, it might differ from place to place or how they do it, but I know around here, you got to keep in mind, we get a lot of snow. We get a lot of cold freezing temps. They use a lot of salt on the roads in the winter time. And on top of that, when you get snow, you get ice, you get plows that weigh, fuck, I don't know, 30,000 pounds, 40,000 pounds, maybe more, driving down the road with a blade with, I don't know how many tons of force pushing down on that blade. So we got our first snow this year, and it might've even been starting to peel before that, but. It was just a shit, shit kind of thing to do for a road. And the quality just isn't there when you chip seal a road, in my opinion. Before the snow ever flew, you could see where the chip seal was peeling off of the road. And I'm I'm going down into the rabbit hole with my rant about this fucking road. Just understand that I'm not, I don't approve of how the county used its funds to repair this road. There was a few spots they could have tore up and fixed and re-asphalt done a nice job on. And it probably would have cost a lot less money to do it that way than to tear up the whole road and chip seal it and have it shit six months later. It wasn't even six months later. I don't I forget when they did it. It was the end of summer, September maybe. And before the snow ever flew in November, we had shit. The, the shit was fucking peeling up and it just kind of pissed me off. But what I mentioned was we have a stretch of highway that runs it's 30 miles of highway and there's not a whole lot between the two towns you've got a couple small rural areas with some farm town farmhouses stuff like that you have a gas station and then farther down the road you do have a casino and a gas station that run but it runs through the res and then you got some more rural houses and finally you get to Ashland now I don't know in a governmentless society who would actually take control of the road to do repairs. Because it is a federal highway. It's highway US2. It's a federal owned highway, they, they work on the repairs. They bid it out and all that stuff. And I don't know who would take control of fixing that. So that's kind of why I brought it up. And I mean, I might just be ignorant and not seeing the obviousness of how it would get done. But, I, I mean, that's why I'm asking. Someone help me out, how, how would we fund it? Because that's the big joke right now is, oh, well, if we get rid of government, who's gonna fund the roads? And I understand that when something's a necessity, it'll get done, but there's certain things, well, how will it get done? We, we gotta understand this. And me, I'm, I'm a minarchist. I should know how these things are gonna get done. I'm not a statist, so I'm not saying, oh, well, we need the government to fund these. So someone help me out so when someone else mentions this to me, I can spread the message. Another one someone had mentioned to me was, oh, well, who's going to want to be cops and this and that? Because we need cops for certain things. When you get certain things that happen, you need cops for it. And I didn't know what to say to the guy at the time because, yeah, I understand, well, you can hire to a point private securities and it might just maybe run it like a fire department or an EMT service, because our local municipalities have, I think we got actually only one city police force in the whole county. The rest of the county is patrolled by county sheriffs. And, But as far as fire departments go, that's all kind of, it's hard to explain, but I know our ambulance service is in a way contracted out, it's not, it's not the municipality's business. It's contracted out. So maybe that's how we would kind of go through it. And same thing, I think down in, is it Manitowish or Wausau, somewhere down there, their fire department, that's a much bigger city, much bigger area. They got a lot of ground to cover. And their fire department is actually contracted out. It's a It's an actual company, a firefighting company. And when I say company, I don't mean like the company in the sense of like when you think of a group of people, I think like it's an actual company, legit business for profit. And they, I'm trying to get around a front end loader here. They're moving snow, trying to clear the banks down Main Street. But so that's that's how they decided to go. Instead of having a municipal fire department, they just hired out a company to handle it. So, I and I mean, I'm not disagreeing. Maybe that's the way to do police forces make it a private business that's funded by the population. And then when you don't like it, you can be like, that is some fucking shoddy shit that they're doing. I ain't giving them another dime. I mean, think, think of if police departments were crowdfunded right now, how many police departments would really still be as big as they are now? Because there's so much shit going on. When a police department fucks up, it's all over the TV. So that was just kind of something I wanted to recap real quick or get into uh towards the end of the episode i'll I'll put this in right at the end after that advertisement uh holy shit, eight minutes already uh so I gotta go through and edit that. I might get it released sometime today. I was working on editing it last night. My internet connection was shit, and then I got tired and said, Fuck it i'll handle it tomorrow uh so i'll try and get that out today. I mean, I just released an episode two days ago. not that anybody really is following me yet, but whatever. You guys ain't going to hear this anyway, so it doesn't matter. I could say, ah, fuck you. I'm going to get it out three weeks from now and no one would know. Or I could just say, oh yeah, I'll get it out today. Already on it. Hit the button and you guys wouldn't know the difference. Whatever. So I'll see you guys on the trail. Get a hold of me one way or another. Like I said, I'm going to try and start up some other social medias. Uh, You know what? Fuck it. I'll throw an email in there if anybody wants to get a hold of me via email. It's joe, J-O-E, underscore which is that little line that looks like a space shmo s h m o 49 at yahoo.com so that's another way to get a hold of me that's not my personal email it's just a fake email account i got set up so if you want to get a hold of me via email that's the way you can do it otherwise instagram and i am on discord also i don't know how it works going about trying to find me on discord uh i'll try i'll pull up my number here quick but i still got the same call sign i am youper booger and where the fuck is my personal info where is it god damn it oh there it is okay so i'm you booger number 4901 is my little number that they give me so you can get a hold of me on Discord, too, if you want. I am part of the Biting the Bullet Discord and another one called Agorist Hub. So if you're in either one of those groups by chance, you can reach out to me there, too. All right. Take her easy. Hey there, your majesty. Is there anyone above you? It must be lonely when you're up there looking down. There's no one that can judge you We're all just broken toys Beneath your crooked crown